Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey there, Unstuckers. We have a very special episode for you this week. We are bringing to you in the recording studio live via the internet, John Kleinbell, who is a music producer and songwriter. He's originally from the Midwest, but based in Los Angeles since 2005. His work has been featured on Fox, ABC, CBS, ESPN, MTV, Lifetime, Oxygen, Starbucks commercials, CBBC, Microsoft Corporate, I gotta take a breath because this list is so long, Ring Training and Promo Videos, CBC's Q Radio, Sky, Spotify Playlists, in-store at major UK retailers, and many other places. He also has pro studio locations in Koreatown and Westwood, and he is also the director of music at Catch the Moon Music, a boutique licensing agency based in Los Angeles, California, where they work with hundreds of exciting pitches a year. He also teaches groups of talented artists, songwriters, and producers on how to go about getting their songs into shows, films, ads, video games, in-store, and into music production libraries. Uh, so that is actually how I know John. So John Kleinbell, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's so good to be here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I took uh, this course with Catch the Moon last year, and John's uh, an amazing teacher and an amazing producer, and I thought he would be also an amazing podcast guest, so here he is. So John, tell us a little bit about your your background before music and, and where you come from and, and how and why you got to where you are. Oh, wow. Long story. Um, so I'm originally from the Midwest. I grew up in a very small county outside of Peoria, Illinois. The closest town to us was like 1,600 people, and uh, we were on a 140-acre corn and soybean farm, my family and I. And I remember when I was four years old, my dad set up, he had a little home recording set up, and he'd set up the microphones. And I think when I, when I was like four and my sister was three, he had us starting to like sing into the mics and we were battling for the mic and fighting over it and singing like Christmas carols and little kids songs, Pup the Magic Dragon, all that stuff. Um, Actually, it's pretty funny. I was talking about to people yesterday, and uh, and my first concert that I ever went to was a Peter Paul and Mary. Nice. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, had grew up in a musical family from a very early age. Was exposed to music. We were going to bluegrass festivals. My dad was a folk troubadour. Um, we go to bluegrass festivals, folk festivals. Had these huge house concerts at our house uh, out in the country. Super fun. Um, yeah, grew up around music. Was always interested in music. When I got to college, I decided uh, eventually to become a media arts major. I was interested in a lot of different things and a lot of different creative outlets. And one of those outlets was uh, songwriting. I started picking up the guitar, started learning chords, started writing music, and really just developed a passion for it. I started up a band. And, um, and then that, you know, fast forward many, many years after, uh, got, after I graduated from school, and moved to Los Angeles. Uh, it took me twice to move to Los Angeles to actually land here and stick here. Uh, but I got here in 2005 and have been recording music, uh, playing music, playing shows ever since. I kind of 
five or six years ago, really decided I wanted to be a producer and um, pivoted from what I was mainly doing, which was being a singer songwriter while working B jobs um, to make all the bills make sense. Right. What are some of the, the jobs you had on the side? Oh, um, I worked for MySpace for a summer. Nice. That was actually between a couple of jobs. I worked at a media ratings company. It was actually pretty hilarious when I first moved here. I was working for this. For the young millennials who don't know what MySpace is, <laughs> that was before. Facebook. Oh, yeah, MySpace. My, <laughs> nobody knows what MySpace is now. I sound like a boomer. I swear I'm not a boomer. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, where were we? We were talking about. How I got, oh, the side jobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you about this job. So I was working this really crazy job at a media ratings company. It was like an independent ratings company that was um, it was supposed to compete with like the, the ones that are officially sanctioned by the different production companies and things like that. And it turned out to be a big Ponzi scheme. And everybody got fired. They, they brought everybody into the office. And one day they told us we were all fired because like the FBI was investigating the company. Um, there's kinds of, kinds of really weird, uh, gigs in Los Angeles sometimes. And, um, then, I mean, I've worked a lot of different kinds of jobs in Los Angeles. Uh, I came here with an IT background. I was working at the university of Arizona, running a computer lab for a couple of years at a, at a department called the salt center. And then, uh, so I had computer background, computer certifications, learned how to even do some basic programming, um, and was doing all kinds of things with website design and inter- interactive multimedia that they were like materials they were putting together. So some of those skills when I moved out to LA came really in handy. Uh, I was working at this media ratings company and for a little while, and then I ended up uh, working in a real estate marketing company doing SEO, pay-per-click. I was actually really good at pay-per-click campaigns. You're like the third uh, person, myself included, who is an IT background certifications and is currently making music <laughs> crazy crazy yeah yeah it's funny and i, and I think back to you know, like um and, and this is one thing i want to impart to everybody who's listening to this you might be working some job that you think has like nothing to do with what it is you actually want to be doing but i would argue that every single job every single job that seemed like a total waste of time to me back at the time and looking back actually comes really in handy to me as a music producer and as an educator as like all these other things that i'm doing somebody who's trying to really do a lot at once. You really have to have the project management skills. I was a project manager at this real estate uh, marketing company, and I was basically seeing projects through from beginning to end. There was a process with it. Same thing carried on when I was working a job at what actually the most recent kind of desk job that I was working that had nothing to do with music was uh, I was working in digital marketing at Westfield, uh, which is a great company. I, I really enjoyed the work there, but it's, um, it's a thing where, you know, all those skills that seemingly had nothing to do with music actually like help you get things done. I can't even tell you how helpful a skill it is as a producer to be able to, to have like the customer service background that comes along with project management. Um, when you're really trying to help guide a client through a difficult stretch in a project, the exact same thing can happen when you're cutting a song or when you have like an EP or a larger project, you're trying to like get but in a way, sometimes it's almost like herding cats and getting everybody to be in the same room and, and follow a vision and, um, and just like coalesce around something. It's something that those skills that I thought were totally a waste of time at the time, perhaps, 
And, and I felt like my life was in some ways kind of dead ending because it wasn't really what I envisioned when I moved out to Los Angeles. They were actually like some of the things that make the job that I do now really fun and make me a great producer. Yeah, I completely agree that that skill stacking is super important. Um, and I've definitely had a varied career between uh, theater and IT and music stuff that I that so much of the skills uh, that I didn't think would necessarily translate from one thing to another, just like you're laying out, absolutely translate and in some ways set me ahead of other people. You know, just last year in your class, like being very familiar with computers and having messed around with recording a little bit because I'm comfortable with technology put me ahead of a lot of other people who had never like thought about recording themselves on their own computer, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's like, where do you plug the mic in? Right. It's like, yeah, exactly. Some people don't even know that. And that's totally okay because, you know, people come into this where they come into it, but it gives us an advantage. Exactly. But to me, it's that, it's basic and to other people, it's like a whole new thing, but, but they're also going to come from a different lifetime of experiences where they have advantages. I don't have because of other random things and skills they've learned along the way. Oh yeah. So chances are whatever your background is, there's some random skills that you bring into it that, you know, will help you do whatever it is that you're really, your heart is really set on doing. I completely agree. I mean, I'm in a completely different industry than both of you guys, but I was kind of forced into, like right out of uh, doing my dietetic internship, I was forced into a position, not forced, I was given the opportunity for a position where I had to be on camera. And at that time, it scared the shit out of me. And now I'm super comfortable on camera. And that actually helped me in my current business that I own. So everything happens for a reason. We just kind of have to flow with it and it'll make sense at some point. I could not agree with that more. Tell us what what was the kind of impetus for you switching from like a singer songwriter type to a producer, or at least adding producer to your title uh, five years ago. The the story behind that was um, I was working this job at Westfield, and I I loved all the people that worked there. It was a it was a good job. Um, nobody was yelling at me. I had some autonomy. Like I I really showed up and did worked hard for the company. And, uh, you know, I got paid well too. And, um, you know, but I was thinking at the time that it had been like a couple of years since I'd really done anything creative. I kind of, when you start, there's things, times in your life where you realize I'm not getting any closer to where I really want to be. And this really isn't something that I want to advance in. I think that there was a time where I was really resentful of bosses and really like kind of resentful of like corporate environments in general, just because I would never be offered promotion. I would never. And then the thing that's so funny about that is I come to realize looking back, it's because I didn't really want to move up in the companies. And I did those jobs were not fulfilling enough to me that it actually fueled and fired me up and made me excited when I woke up in the morning. Um, so I was getting to a point where I was just really kind of getting burned out and really having a hard time reconciling some of the messaging that I was helping to uh, propagate out into the world just didn't really seem to sit well with my values. And it just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I have the ability to do this financially. I, I ended up just like quitting my job. Nice. I quit my job. I gave 30 days notice. And I went on a spiritual trek to India. Cool. And then uh, during that trip, had like pretty much every single life 
question that I had at that point in my life answered and came back and it was within like a week or so if I remember it right where I just it just became clear to me that if I learn how to produce I, I can do it I, I knew I could do it I've always dabbled in producing I knew I could do it and I was like I'm gonna give this a shot I'm gonna try it and I'm gonna give it my best and and I just kind of set at that moment, I made a decision that I wanted to become a music producer and make a living doing that. And all the actions that kind of came after that, I feel are like the result of having that be the the biggest focus of my life. Yeah, that's awesome. To be able to make that, to be able to make that pivot, I mean, at any point in your life, I mean, I, I understand that you just weren't fulfilled in that job, but did you feel like there was a push behind you to do so or... Was it just kind of the right place, the right time, and then everything kind of aligned when you were in India? I had moved out to LA in 2005, and I tried like even before then, uh, but it was it's, it's sort of a hilarious story that would take a while to tell. Um, but I was basically just like kicked in the face and told the by Los Angeles and told not to not to come back, and then I came back like two years later. But um, you know, I moved to Los Angeles to pursue a music career. And for me, I've never been one to give up. I've never been one. I've always been somebody where the glass is half full somehow. And I think I just came to believe that it could be possible for me to do what I set out to do, but maybe it just was going to look a little differently than I originally envisioned it. I think when I originally moved out here, I had this idea that I was going to be the next Jason Mraz or John Mayer, like singer songwriter guy who was going to just really catapult up the charts and, and be a big face, you know, uh, in the music scene. And it didn't quite turn out the way I wanted it to. And there's a, there's, and I believe that there's a few reasons that that happened. Uh, one of them being that my songs weren't good enough. Um, and I was just trying to do everything by myself, but you know, I think, I just didn't give up on my original dream that I had of succeeding in the music industry when I moved out here. And I think it took me a while to realize that what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And then as that kind of stretched out in the months and years, I realized I was sitting in a desk job, not doing anything creative. Like I, I was not working on a music project. I, I realized at one point for like two years and I'm like, there is something wrong. It's like, there's, there's something in my soul that is yearning to be expressed all the time creatively. And if I'm not doing that, if, if, I'm not, if whatever job I'm working in doesn't allow that aspect of me to come to the surface and be seen, it's not the job for me. I know that's not a ladder I ever want to be climbing up again in my whole life. Yeah, that, um, that, uh, story of of you having a vision for how things are going to go for for your music career and then being open to like like having the direction i want a music career but being open for the specifics like being the next J jason mraz to to change um and and grow with you and stuff is is very common in people we've interviewed and talked to uh, a lot of people who are basically successful people generally I find are uh, always telling the similar story that you are, which is, you know, I had a vision and the vision didn't work out exactly like I planned, but I still saw the opportunities arise and I took advantage of them. And so my life is different today than I envisioned 10 years ago, 
but I wouldn't trade it for the world, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is like there might be some if, – if I had just been handed whatever it is that I you would call I have today, which is a successful career in the music industry, if I had just been handed that when I first moved here, I probably would be super disappointed because it didn't match my egotistical vision of where I thought things were going to go. And I, yeah. I probably would have been unhappy. And, you know, nowadays I'm just, I could not be more excited when I wake up. Like I'm, I'm becoming more and more of like a morning person and uh, it's really fun. Like it's hard for me to, cause I'm working on so many cool projects. I, I just want to be like, I want to, what's next, what's next. And uh, it's, it's really cool to get to that point because I remember what it was like the, the opposite of that. It's just not a place that anybody really wants to be in. Um, yeah. It's just, it's something that can really, really wear on you. If you don't take action, you got to act on your visions. You know, that even if the vision doesn't look exactly the way you want it to look, um, there's, I believe that there's something out there that, that has my best interest in mind. And, and actually my life looks better today than I ever could have imagined it. I think from what I'm getting from what you're saying is you found your why again. So Josh and I actually did, we do book reports on our podcast like once a month and start with why by Simon Sinek. So if you find your why and your like end goal and your mission is still the same, the how can change a little bit, but as long as you continue to focus on your why, it'll all line up. So I think, I think that might've been what you did, which is really cool to see that like in action, you know? Yeah. You know, we, we talk about these things and they sound like cliches and they sound like stuff. The way, you know, that's, that's what Tony Robbins does or that's what this person does. And it's, it's not something that actually changes your own life if you put it into practice. But I think we all eventually find our way with this kind of stuff. if We have an open mind to it because I really think that what we put out there in terms of what it is that we're looking for, we're going to be met with the resources and the people that are, meant to be on our path and help us along and the people that we're to help along on their paths as well. And, and when you're vibrating at a certain level, you're going to attract certain situations. You're going to get lucky in ways that maybe you weren't lucky in, in the past with uh, the career stuff. And it's, I just think it's, uh, it's all about, even if it seems cheesy or you don't believe it could work for you to have an open mind and give it a try. I don't know. I think that a lot of my spiritual growth in my lifetime, which it doesn't feel like it's any coincidence to me that like, as my spiritual growth has really taken off that um, everything else in my life has really taken off. It's just for me, I always was one, one person who had to like kind of experience stuff in order to really believe that it works. So there's a certain amount of that as well. It's like, you know, I might, I might have beliefs of why I'm doing something, but until I see some sort of response from the world that I'm on the right path, um, there's, there can be like this doubt that creeps back in. And fortunately I've had enough indicators from whatever's out there as, as, as put the people and the situations in my path and sometimes just so directly in my path, there's no way I can even walk around it um, for the better is, um, you know, you end up changing like from the inside out and your whole life does too. Yeah. That's amazing. But it also takes a, an open person to, uh, to recognize those, those opportunities that come up, even if they're directly in your path. I've known 
pessimistic people who find a way to walk around opportunity, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think there was some times where I, I just was, had such a low opinion about myself that I think that there were obvious signs that there were, there were good things that were in my path like a long time ago that I was just kind of, I either didn't see it for what it was or uh, I just wasn't ready for whatever reason. And, and it's okay. I don't beat myself up about that. You can't, you can't really go back and I probably wouldn't have it any other way. Anyways, it's part of what makes me the awesome person that I am. And I would say anybody who's wherever they're at, it's the, the person you are today. It's like, you're the culmination of all these experiences. And if, like I was saying before, if something just got handed to you, you're probably your experience of it and your perception of it would probably be very different than somebody who's like, you know, not that you necessarily have to put in the 10,000 hours. Sometimes it's just about like having a real focus to what you're doing. But, um, you know, I just think that your perspective is probably going to be a little different. Um, if you, you know, quote unquote work for it and and you end up kind of earning it in a way, uh, you kind of earn it and then you accept it in some way you're able to receive yeah. it, um, earning it and, and receiving it. Like there's plenty of people, I think that they have good things that come their way, but they're, it's impossible for them to really, they're actually kind of blocking off the success, shooting themselves in the foot. And, um, like you were saying, just like finding the way to walk around the good thing that's yeah. coming their way. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, we've already been talking about them, but is there any other like keys to success that have made you uh, get to where you are that you'd like to share with our audience? I just wrote down, I think it's spent like two minutes writing down some of the, some of the things that I, I think kind of encapsulate what it is that I've found to be useful in my life. Uh, the first thing is to just like find your ladder. You know, you got to find that ladder to climb that you're actually wanting to climb. Like if you aren't climbing a ladder that you want to climb right now, you're kind of dead ending yourself and you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, in my opinion, you're going to get somewhere, but you're probably, it's probably not going to be the place that you want to be. If you want to work, if you want to work a job, like the thing is I work hard days or I, I get like really tired sometimes, yeah. but it doesn't feel like work to me what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. And it's like, if you want to work a job where you feel like it's just what you're naturally put on the earth to do, it's your mission at some point to find that ladder you really want to climb and want to start at the bottom rung and start climbing it up it. Yeah. And a key, a key point to that would, that I heard was find the ladder that you want to climb. Cause I think a lot of people find ladders <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. Oh, yeah and it's like, well, Right. There's, there's endless numbers. Yeah, of and everyone's like, I'll just climb this one. That's what we should be doing. Right. Is climbing ladders, but finding the one yeah. you want to climb. Well, you, and, and you, you hint at something that's like, it's a sad truth that like, I would say there's this old recording by Earl Nightingale uh, called the strangest secret. And he talks about this, that like the large majority of people, when they wake up, they, they don't really have any purpose to their life. They wake up, they're, they're getting dressed, they go to a job, they're not waking up with a sense of purpose and a sense of direction. And I think finding that ladder to climb is basically like find your direction. What direction do you want to run in? You know, I remember uh, when I went to Costa Rica, I went for this yoga retreat and one of the coolest things I did while we were out there was we went to go help release a bunch of baby sea turtles into the ocean. And uh, it was one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen just like geographically, but also these little, these little turtles just watching them like 
run down this like 150 foot long beach and, and running into waves that were like 20 times higher than them. I thought to myself at that time, I was like, if I could, if I could just run as hard as I could, like towards what it was that I actually wanted in my life, how would my life change? And, you know, it's in a way what I've done over these last five or six years is really take that to heart. And I've really like put the work in really putting in the time and effort towards the things that I want to accomplish in my life. And so that makes a huge difference. So that's one thing. I got a, I got a few others if you want to hear them. Sure. Yeah. Cool. The, the second thing that I would say is to get some education and mentorship around what it is that you're trying to do. So for me, it really, there were a lot of things that I needed to learn, like to get my music up to a competitive level. There were some serious holes in my just songwriting game that I had to get some education around. And I also really didn't know anything about producing professionally. Like I always dabbled in it, but to, there's a huge, huge difference between playing around in a DAW and creating something that is competitive with what's out there on the radio. So for me, it was partially like getting education, but also I had to find folks who were walking the walk and talking the talk and that I could learn from. I was doing part of that. I was like literally hiring people to come in and show me some tricks and pro tools when I was first starting out. I'd stay in touch with a lot of those people. And I've also hired producers in the past where, you know, we'd become friends and probably the most important business relationship I have now is with my manager who I at one point had hired to record some songs of mine. And he's taken me under his wing in a way and, uh, and taught me a bunch of stuff about how to produce. We're co-producing stuff now. Uh, I work out of part-time out of his studio and it's, it's been great. You got to find mentors that can help you along Back in the day, there used to be like studio internships and things like that. It's a little trickier nowadays in the music industry to get like that in-person mentorship, but you've got to find a way to, to get that mentorship somehow because it's, I don't think that there's any replacement for the kind of education that you'll get and also just like the camaraderie you'll get from, from like a good mentor. Yeah, I totally agree. I think every step of my journey in different career paths has... Um been mean being not afraid to go find people who know more than me and <laughs> one way or another whether it be a class or just a person i know or a or a person or like a friend of a friend who i could have coffee with uh you know just hustling to make these connections and and talk to people who are a little further ahead on whichever journey you're on you know absolutely when i started like reaching out to people i was really nervous about it i had no confidence in my musical ability uh, even though I had been writing songs for about 20 years, I just still felt so unsure about what I was doing because I wasn't like really a pro. But then you start to realize like everybody's a human being and that the really cool people uh, are the ones that want to help out and and are just like fun people to be around. I'm sure there's like plenty of people who don't fit that description in the music industry. And but, every uh, industry. And that are super successful, that, that are super successful, but those aren't the kinds of people that I really want to have anything to do with. Um, and I've, I've discovered you don't have to have anything to do with those people. To be successful. Yeah. Even if you can't find a mentor in your industry, finding someone who's just a couple of steps ahead of you in business and kind of knows some things about business and just kind of getting yourself out there, I think can be really important as well. Josh and I started a mastermind group when I was still in Albuquerque. And I think that was really helpful to just bounce ideas off of people who may not be in your industry, but 
in their industry, they could see something a little bit differently and maybe open your eyes to something as well. Oh yeah, Chell, that's huge. Like, because the people, when I was really first starting to do this for real, probably the people that I learned the most from were the people that we were all kind of struggling figuring out how to do it together. And, and then some of those people were a couple of steps ahead of me in some way. And then I was a couple of steps ahead of them in some ways. And, and we all like, yeah, just aspire to, to greater heights in different areas of what we do. And then I was starting to, at some point, I don't know how you just kind of, somebody talked to me recently about like, just, you need 20 seconds of courage. And I think I was able to find like 20 seconds of courage to reach out to some people that were like way ahead of where I was and was able to figure out a way to work with them or to um, just like have lunch with them and develop some sort of rapport with them so that I could in, in some way like start to collaborate with them. And then there was a real explosion in my growth at that point because I realized that I could hang with folks that were like way ahead of where I was at that time. And um, that's the exciting thing too when you when you do uh, start to make those kinds of breakthroughs, it gets really exciting because you're like, oh, I don't even know how, how big this could get. Uh, but you won't find out, who knows? And, you know, I'm not, I may have some things in the future where I try that approach and I flop right on my face. I can tell you like probably a few times in the last uh, 15 years where I've like just flopped straight on my face in the music industry and it's, uh, it's okay. But you got to have the courage to, to, not only like work with others, I think that's a huge thing with all this is just working with others, building relationships, even if they're people that are like slightly ahead of you, you're going to learn so much. And I'd say like even people that are just kind of around your level or even some people that are, you know, not quite where you're at. It's, it's like, it, it really helps out a lot to, to see the strengths. You might learn, you can learn something from anybody, I think, uh, either what to do or what not to do. Even, even people who are like totally backwards running the wrong direction you can learn from that about like well that that's not something i'm gonna do one of my favorite quotes is from a uh, bill nye the science guy and he says everyone you ever meet knows something that you don't mm, yeah i like that just in terms of meeting new people and just kind of thinking like what do they know that they can teach me and and expand my my universe a little bit you know i love that absolutely the thing it's like really fun it can get really fun is, you know, I've been working at being like a professional producer, songwriter, and originally or eventually turned the corner with that, like two or three years ago, turned the corner with that where I was doing it like full time and making a living doing it. And now I'm making a, a super abundant living doing it. But there was a point where we were all super struggling with a lot of this stuff. And some of the folks that I was working with at the time, they've also climbed up. And the thing that can happen is like you build these relationships, people's roles change, people's jobs change. And if there are people that were like maybe on a lower rung in the music industry five years ago, if you remain strong friends with them and, and you keep building those relationships, they, you might find yourself talking to a uh, like an exec and an ad agency in like a few years. You don't know how this is going to all, or somebody who's booking this really crazy show at the Troubadour and they need a backup singer or something like that. You know, you never know how this stuff is going to circle back and it'll throw some cool new creative possibility into your face. And, and then you're just like, oh, that, that sounds fun. I'd like to do that. Yeah, that's super awesome. So you got to stay in the game. I think, I think you got to stay in the game if you're going to do it. And uh, if you stay in the game, you don't give up and take all the action you can. It's, you know, you're going to eventually 
make a lot of progress. Agreed. And, and whatever game you're playing, if you, the longer you stay in the game, the more skills you acquire and you just, you yourself become the, the upper, upper echelon of the industry you're in where everyone else is dabbling and then going, Oh, this is hard and dropping off. Right. And you're one of the few people in your industry that stick with it year after year. You're also just going to have the skills that represent that you have stuck with it year after year. Yeah. There's, there's like a tenacity to it. I think, uh, I'm not, I'm just not somebody who gives up on anything. Uh, I think that really helps out a lot. And, uh, there's some people that, you know, for whatever reason, it's I'm not going to slag on anybody. It's like you know, so there was a time where I really wasn't taking this seriously. I was. I would probably argue that like most of the time I've been in Los Angeles, I wasn't taking it seriously, and you know, my day to day life was kind of reflecting that. I was rudderless and not really going anywhere in the music industry. Right. Well, John, I want to respect your time. We're getting close to what I promised you would be the end. Um, do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, <laughs> impart another nugget or do we, should we start wrapping things up? Sure. No, no, no. I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say like really quick, I think it's way better to have a team. It's way more fun. Uh, so that's one of the things that I, I have, a, I have a team and I'm always adding to the team. Like I just hired an assistant. It's been, it was actually kind of a really fun moment for me last week that I, in a little nerve wracking, but it's like, cause with more responsibility it becomes more, I don't know. There's, there's some quote there, but, uh, it's like, I think it's, it's just really good to get more uh-huh. help and more infrastructure to what I'm doing. You're going to hit a point once you start to get successful with things where you're going to need support and infrastructure. And uh, so, you know, you want to have a team for that. And you also, it's just way more fun for me. I'm always collaborating with other people. Uh, developing your people skills is so important, no matter, I would say, no matter what industry you're in, because it, in the music industry, it's like, most of the business stuff is all about personal relationships. I mean, you've got to have great music, but if you don't also have good relationships with people, nobody's going to know what you do. And then the, the other thing that I would just depart with everybody that I found to be helpful, um, just like of the five things that kind of popped into my head in a couple of minutes is just to really learn to enjoy the success of other people. Um, and the reason for that is that I think there's a psychological thing that happens with that. If you, envy other people, you're basically resenting other people for the success that you might like to have. And if that's the case, how are you ever going to enjoy it once you have it? It's like a self-sabotage. So that's why it's like, you got to celebrate your own successes, big and small, but you also got to like feel happy for other people. You know, there've been plenty of times where I haven't gotten one thing or another thing. And, uh, I've had to like kind of face that and say, you know what, I'm having kind of a bad attitude about this whole thing. And it might be better to just like not have any, because I think too, what like envy and jealousy does is it creates enemies mm-hmm. when there really aren't any necessarily. So it's like it's way better not to have any enemies. Cause that's a, that's another like relationship type thing is like, it's better yeah. to be on good terms with everybody if you can. And um, of course you're going to have some people you don't get along with and you don't choose to work with regularly, but uh you know, I just, I try not to try not to make enemies. Like for example, if I'm playing dodgeball, I just consider them like frenemies, you know, they're like, uh, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm playing against somebody I don't like, I just try to try my best to consider them a, a friend, even if they are an enemy. Yeah, definitely. Like taking your class last year to your last two points, actually, uh, in music, I've always been very insular and just dabbling and mostly keeping to myself. And, and your class exposed me to a lot of other artists and encouraged working with each other. So like you're saying about teams, 
and specifically to the music industry for me, I've been like, oh man, this is so much better in so many ways, you know, sharing skills and, um, and pushing each other and accountability and all this, like so many reasons. It's great to have, uh, teams and people you work with, uh, and stuff like that. And then, you know, the other aspect is like, yeah, I could be, I could sit here, be totally jealous of you, which would actually be demotivating to me to be like, I don't know, John's out there, he's doing it. Uh, what room is there for me in my life? But instead you kind of take an abundance mindset and like every time last year that we were in class and you had some news on the side about getting a sink placement or something like that, it was like, it was so super inspiring uh, as opposed to demotivating because I was happy for you and it was cool to see something really happening in front of me. So I think like having that abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset changes whether you're envious of people or legitimately happy for them. I appreciate that reminder because there have been some times I'm just like, oh, why did that happen to that person? And this was a really good reminder that like we're, we're all in, we're all climbing our own ladders, you know? And you just got to be, you got to be positive about all of it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you kick the ladder to somebody else, it's going to knock into the ladders of like four or five other people. And uh, it's probably going to be a big <laughs> yeah. mess. And then it's going to come back around and it's going to knock your ladder down. Just to bring it full circle. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> full circle on the metaphor. I love it. Three questions. All right, John, are you are you ready to answer three questions? Hard hitting, tough journalistic questions. I was born ready. <laughs> what would your last meal be? I mean, the thing that pops into my mind is the stuffed pizza. I can't remember the name of the place. It's like Stefano's or something like that on the Third Street Promenade. They have this like lasagna pizza that had to give you a side of marinara sauce with it. Okay, so we're on the next flight to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> what country or what destination is on your bucket list for vacationing? Well, one of my best friends is moving to Amsterdam pretty soon. So I'd probably put Amsterdam up at the top. I've never been there. I've uh, been out to Europe a number of times, but uh, but I've always Sweet. wanted to, to go up there and check it out. It seems fun. Cool. And last, what is your favorite hobby that doesn't make you money? <laughs> Dodgeball. Although I, that's, Dodgeball. That, there's an asterisk with that because I did write a book. Uh, how to play dodgeball and it's uh, on Amazon and I probably <laughs> sold like a, a few dozen copies of it. So I guess technically, oh, I love it. technically I have made money off of dodgeball and I, <laughs> I've managed the leagues in the past and everything like that, but I've been playing for 14 years or so, 14 or 15 years. Damn. And it's, uh, it's super fun. I don't play it as much awesome. as I uh, used to just because, uh, I've just been like so busy in the studio in the nights and that's when the leagues play, but, um, it's one of wow. my, one of my greatest loves. Nice. Cool. I got to get into a dodgeball league. I wonder if there are any here. Yeah, you got to try it. You got to try it. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't done it since, uh, you know, school PE, but I liked it then. So. Well, if you liked it then, you, you may really fall in love with it. Just a warning. Just a warning. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of fun. It's, a le- it's, it's definitely fun to go and check out one time and then have a few beers with everybody afterwards, if uh, nothing else. It's a, yeah. it's a really good time. It's, it's intense as adults, though, I will say. There's... Brings up all that like caveman kind of uh, uh, primal energy slash childlike energy, and it's it's super fun though. I love it. It's, it's the best sport ever. That's awesome. I think that's my top takeaway from this episode. Go try dodgeball. <laughs> if that's uh, if that's what you get from this, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> 
Good. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us, John. Um, yeah, thanks, John. Is there anything else you want to mention where people can uh, find more info about you? Oh, yeah, yeah. If anybody uh, anywhere in the world wants to make cool music with me, they can find out more information about that, uh, johnkleinbell.com. And then uh, my Instagram handle is at johnkleinbell. Uh, hit me up. It's time for a recap. All right. Well, that was amazing to hear from John Kleinbell. He dropped so much knowledge on us right then, wouldn't you say, Chell? Yes, Wizard Josh. That was that was a lie. Too much knowledge. So much knowledge. Um, so we normally recap with like the three top takeaways, but you know what? Here's the thing: we got seven because so much knowledge. So <laughs> So here we go. The seven key takeaways from the John Kleinbell interview. One, you can shift from your original idea as long as you're fulfilling your why. Two, act on your visions. Three, find the ladder you want to climb and scurry on up. Four, you just need 20 seconds of courage to reach out to people who are way ahead of you in business. Five, stay in the game. Six, have a team, collaborate. Seven, Enjoy the success of other people. And that's a wrap on episode 25. We'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute and subscribe to our podcast. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. For instructions on how to leave a review, check out our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking about the power of active listening. Powerful. And no, 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 no.